Coming up today on Traveling with the Mouse, the Reedy Creek Improvement District has been taken over. The earnings call that Disney had with Bob Iger, that's today on Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Traveling with the Mouse. I am your host this week. My name is John. I am joined today by Adam. Boo. What's up, everybody? Yes, it looks like today we're going to be doing the original duo type deal today. The dynamic Um, duo. Yeah. Jason doesn't look like will be with us tonight, but we hope he will be soon. He's actually been, he had to do a little bit of travel for work, so he's probably experiencing a little bit of tiredness and having to get up early following it, so it probably wasn't ideal for rest. We'll just put it that way, right? Yes. He was traveling. Was he traveling with the mouse, though? Yes, he was. I don't know if he had a mouse with him or not. He didn't say. Mm. But he was traveling. But where he was traveling, there was no talking mice, not to my knowledge. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think so. No giant ones. So here we are, just the original duo. Yeah. Adam, what kind of week have you had? I mean, I feel like I've just spoken to you just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we're recording this, it has only been a few days. Yeah. Almost as many days as it normally would be, though. Almost. Yeah, it's been an interesting week, but in the world of Disney, a lot of news has broken since our last episode, so that's correct. a lot lot to talk about. Not all good. Well, I mean, you know, perspective, we'll try to see the uh, glass half full or half empty. It depends on your point of view sometimes. Look through the glass onion. (laughs) Looking through a glass. Yeah, I was just talking about how... One of the things I've watched on Disney Plus was Get Back, which has been, what, almost two years coming up, or a year and a half, maybe, God, since it's been, it's been on there. Well, oh it was gosh. it was in 21. I don't remember what part of 21. It was like November, wasn't it? Or something. Maybe it was November. So it's only been a I year, a little over a year since that was in there. But I didn't watch it back then, and I just started watching it recently. Oh, that's great. And I just got into the mood for watching or the for stuff involving the Beatles. So that's the, there's the Disney connection with that, but... Right. No, I actually, over Christmas, did get a record player, like a new one. Vinyl. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. it is about vinyl. I just, I don't know, it's just cool having it, I guess. I just like the idea of having a vinyl collection, so I'm hopefully going to add to it. It's back in style, for sure. See, I could see it in my case being one of those things where I get, like, certain albums that I thought were really good from my past, I guess, that I would just get those, pretty much. It's not like I would just buy everything, by any means. I would definitely get a little expensive but like i'd have to be choice selections i guess that i wanted to have on vinyl as well probably go for that's that was a little bit off of disney news like i said the only connection i can make was disney plus but well i can make a connection is i i have a bunch of old disney vinyls that we used to have when we were kids oh yes and i probably have those somewhere too haven't you yeah i remember we used to have the country bear jamboree on a Final, I feel like. Yes, and I'm pretty sure it's still around somewhere. Yeah, because I, I guess it was short enough to fit on a final, like, easily. Well, yeah, 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 it was the entire original show. Yeah. yeah, it was. Well, I say original, I don't think it was the Pepsi-Cola <laughs> plug version. Because, right, you know, in the right. very early on, they had the, they actually had that in there. Yeah. So, let's start well, a tad bit with just some quick, maybe positive things. Okay. I noticed when I was watching some videos online how how Splash Mountain, the project to turn it into uh, Tiana's Bayou Adventure, seems to be moving along rather quickly. I mean, there's a lot more stuff up, and you see like people at the top of the. I noticed there was a video that showed people at the top of the like the drop or whatever. There's like this almost like a mesh, I guess, kind of wall that they have up there that you can kind of see through, but you can see workers on the other side of it. So they're trying to, to cover up some of what they're doing. You know, I guess they yeah. figured somebody in the right angle with a long lens or something could probably see more right. than they should. Like so they're trying to block it. Yeah. That they're trying to cover up. So yeah, things are, are taking shape there. I noticed a lot of people posting that because you can see that they're cutting back a lot of the, where the drop is like cutting back a lot of the rock work back there. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what they're going to do. Are they just going to redo it? I, I wonder too, because when Splash was having a lot of issues with the drop, it seemed like, I wonder if they're trying to fix some of the problems it was having 
Because it seemed like they were working on that spot a lot right after Maybe. the big drop. I don't know. Maybe. So, yeah. yeah. But anyway, they're doing some work there in order to. Yeah, they probably have. I mean, there's a, there's a lot that's going to have to be done as far as the, I guess, the animatronics element of the ride just because a lot of the stuff was older and it didn't function as good as it once did. That's part yeah. of it. And things had also uh, evolved since that was uh, the, a lot of that stuff was originally put out. So there's going to be a lot of work done inside there. So, you know, people yeah. kind of talked about how quickly, you know, it started and everything. Yeah, well, you know, they, they do this with pretty much every ride. They do this too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's still going to take a while. So, and is the crane still there? Cause I know there was a crane there for a while. I saw, I, I mean, I think so. There's, there's like some people that are apparently going there just about every day, just to video. And it's like, they're <laughs> trying to put a, like a timeline together of from the moment it closed right. to the moment that Tiana's opens now. It's crazy. So. Isn't that interesting how, when we were growing up, we would hear about things mainly from Disney. Like they controlled a lot of the narrative of, you know, what, what's coming and what the progress of whatever is. But nowadays oh, yeah. <laughs> you you literally can see every detail of everything they're doing just about even behind see, the wall. I'll give you an example of something like when Test Track was being advertised, right? Mm -hmm. They were advertising Test Track about what it would do and all this good stuff. Never once in that did I get in their public advertisements anyway that they were converting World of Motion to Test Track. Oh, right. You see right, what I'm right. saying? Like yeah. That's the type of stuff that you they could hide back then. Like uh, it, You would never hear, oh, we're closing an attraction right. to make way for this attraction. You're just like, well, we have this new attraction. And then you right. like find out, oh, it's replacing this yeah. <laughs> type right. deal. Like they yeah. used to get away with that and do that sort of thing. Right. So And yeah, I guess especially because the people who went every year, every couple of years, you know, you just show up and you're like, oh, that's different. Or, that's, that's new. new. Yeah. Oh, that's They've cool. changed yeah. this. Right. Versus like now, you show it's up, like. You, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like Everything. you just show up and the bears are now in. Now they're doing the vacation hoedown instead of the country bears. Jamboree. Right. So. If they move a plant, like they, it's talked about on. <laughs> online as Josh Tamara said. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's right. I mean, somewhat. in that regard. Yeah, somewhat. Like I say, let's do some of the smaller stuff here too. Yeah. Full housekeeping services are returning to Disney World this month, apparently. Hmm. So I mean, that's kind of good. I don't know. I, I don't know that I really noticed a ton of difference, but I um, mean, other than obviously, you could tell people weren't in your room every day, um, right? Does that mean they're going to do daily? Automatically, right? I. That's what it makes it sound like. Because I th I thought they were going to get away from that in general. Where well, a lot of other places it. have too. Like they felt like they followed suit. Maybe they're just trying to go back to the way things were there. I don't really know. Maybe just like deluxe hotels are going to do daily. <laughs> Apparently, it had to do with uh, listening to the fans once again in this case. But um, it says, we've heard from many of you about how much you love and have missed the more regular housekeeping services that they offered prior to the pandemic. And are excited to share that we've been ramping them back up across Walt Disney World Resort hotels by the end of February. Full housekeeping, room cleanings will once again be available at all of our resort hotel rooms with services provided daily or every other day, depending on where you are staying. Mm, so that makes, makes a difference. I bet That's the daily ones are probably going to be deluxe. Deluxe, yeah. If I had to sense. guess. And values, moderates are probably every other day. Right. That makes sense. Honestly, I don't think I need daily housekeeping, <laughs> to be honest. Well, what they really should do is maybe at the beginning of your stay, like some people may not need it every day. They might just have, like, make it an option, I guess, that you, yeah. as part of your, you know, yeah. you, you you ask us to choose everything else in advance. Um, <laughs> why not? Why not just make this small little thing a, a, a yeah. request in advance as well? So, Right. Pre-COVID, I remember a couple of stays, they would say, oh, if you opt out of daily housekeeping, we'd give you a, like a $10 gift card or something. Right. Like early on, they rewarded you for like. Right. Something like that. Taking this huge sacrifice. <laughs> not right. getting your room done every day. And now the hotels have done that. Like pretty much every hotel is either every other day or every third day or something like that. It's like, when, why did we ever need daily housekeeping? Like I never. That's the way I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I don't really want somebody making the bed up every day or 
you know, changing out the towels every single day. It's like, I don't do that at home. <laughs> I don't wash my towels every day. So what's the... Oh, why? well, I can't say that necessarily around here. We just, we almost do. Well, certainly we wash clothes every day because that's yeah. what happens with kids. But I don't know. I'm just saying, why did we think that was a thing every... Like, why was, was that necessary? Necessary, yeah. Every single day up until, like, the pandemic. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. But... Because anyway. I just, when I just had a recent stay in Graceland, right? So we stayed at a Hilton and pretty much for just the two nights, we didn't have any full. We, all we ever did was get towels. Right. And what else was it? Towels and what? Washcloths, towels, extra soap, shampoo, stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, there was maybe coffee. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. And I don't mind calling and saying, hey, I'd, you know, bring me some extra coffee or bring me some more. Or just grab it while you're in the lobby. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> On the <yeah>. way back. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. I've done that. A time but I guess some people, it's like it should be there every day. I guess if you're paying a certain amount, like you expect like that. But mm, it's probably where that originated from. Yeah. You know? And I guess so. slowly over time, people stripped out the benefits and the prices still kept going up which is kind of what's happened everywhere but you know is what it is all right so one of the bigger stories that's taken place is the reedy creek development district the bill oh yeah has passed uh house and senate yeah in the state of florida and so last i checked it's at desantis desk which i don't think he'll have any problem signing it <laughs> yeah he was definitely um, gonna do it so i i really i don't know when i, I look at this situation i guess i'd have to see the the overall, yeah, I don't think it seems as bad as they as he originally made it out to be. I think because he started out as kind of like this, I guess, battle, and it probably didn't help with the with the CEO right. of the Times' response to to everything. Chapek, uh, yeah. yeah, that guy. I kind of want to just skip to the Disney World president, Jeff. Is it Val? I don't know how you say his name. Yeah, last Jeff name B A H. Jeff Val. Yeah. I don't know if it's Valley or Val has issued a statement following the introduction of the bill. So, you know, he said Disney's monitoring the progression of the draft legislation at that point in time. Yeah, he was saying ready to work with them. Yeah, Disney remains committed to providing the highest quality experience for the millions of guests who visit each year. That was essentially what Jeff said. Yeah, which is typical kind of PR statement. I mean, he's not going to muddy the waters any more than it's already been muddied previously so they're just right. at this point like bending over and taking it well I, I mean i feel like there's been some probably work done behind the scenes truthfully you know i, I feel like ever since chapix left there's probably i don't know if it was necessarily Iger. it may have been it may have I just been know. some other representative with disney that has met with desantis or a member of desantis's team and maybe discussed you know what can we do with this or do there, right? We I don't know. I guess if any of that took place, it hasn't been brought to fruition yet where we, where we know exactly what took place. So, Well, we know that the name is going to change to the Central Florida Tourism Oversight Board. Right. <laughs> doesn't have the same ring as, uh, as Reedy, Reedy Creek, Creek District. District. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so yeah. yeah. You just mentioned the name. Board of Supervisors to consist of five members that will also be picked by the Florida governor and confirmed by the Senate, which that shouldn't be any issue. It's just just along the same as the bill. Right. Board members cannot have worked for a theme park or entertainment complex in the past three years. (laughs) Right. Okay. They must be Florida residents. The Reedy Creek Improvement District can keep the name for two years to continue to do business. The Reedy Creek Improvement District will not be dissolved on June 1st, 2023. It will continue under the new name and the, and the new rules. Some of the good parts are going to stay. Right. Their debt won't go to the Florida taxpayers right. of Osceola County. But it says all debts and obligations continue to be valid and binding. Right. That was the big thing early on that people were concerned with. It's like, oh, well, they got to turn that debt over now to the state. And see, I think if you're DeSantis, that's brilliant because... That was the biggest point that the residents brought up. And so if you just squash that, you pretty much can do the other part, right? I mean, I'm just saying, I say brilliant from a political standpoint. I'm not trying to say that as praise or anything, but yeah. I'm just saying brilliant from a political standpoint. It is not expected that Walt Disney World will pay more in taxes and existing bonds will be honored. 
So the only thing about this, I guess, as far as the future goes, I don't care where you are or what it is. Anytime the government has more control over it, it could mean bad news at some point for you. That's all I'm going to say about that. Well, I would say, you know, the fact that these board of these five supervisors are going to be handpicked by the governor. I think that would be the one. So Disney had their own board before, you know, from Reedy Creek residents, so to speak, which basically is, you know, they basically handpick people. So now it's going to be handpicked by the governor. So that kind of makes you think he's doing that as a way to keep Disney in check, so to speak. Yeah, I I think in his mind that Disney just had too much power when it came to that sort of thing because they had their own board. And I think in his mind, he's thinking that having an outside source kind of be the... Let's just be honest. This is an F you to Chapik and to Disney for doing what they did. And he's just trying to win political points. And he did. And I mean, that's what he's doing. And so now he's he's using this to kind of keep sticking into Disney even even further. Because what's Disney going to do? They're not going to leave Florida. They're not going to. They can't do anything about it. So it's like, you know, well, and two. That's and two, I, I mean, obviously he acknowledges the um, amount of money that Disney brings to right. the state, but he's uh, essentially said, it's, I'm not just going to, just because you make us a lot of money, that doesn't mean I want you to do it unchecked. That's the way I gathered it. But yeah. um, That's the way to say it in public without saying right. <laughs> F you, because <laughs> you, you know, you're woke, blah, blah, blah stuff. Like that's, that's what he's going after. So... It is what um, it is. Disney's going to have to live with it, looks like. And that's kind of all they can do. And they don't want to make it worse, right? Obviously, right now, they're just going to no. see how this pans out, live with it, and then see what they can do with it. You can say it's political left versus right type stuff, but I don't care even if the entire state of Florida flipped. This is going to stay in place. There's no, no one intends on giving this up once it's there. I, I guarantee you. Reedy, Reedy Creek Improvement District will never want again return to the state that it was before. Yeah, so not anymore. And it makes you wonder too, thinking about if Epcot had actually been built the way Walt originally intended, it probably would have run into this situation at some point too, right? And then it would have been dissolved. And so I, it just further kind of cements in my mind that Epcot wouldn't have worked even if Walt had started it utopia doesn't work yeah he couldn't live forever <laughs> which he obviously didn't didn't even see this well, beginning i don't know i mean there's rumors <laughs> his about his head <laughs> sure but i just think yeah you're i mean you, you said utopia can't be produced and you know these kind of things the things that they needed and got for 55 years or whatever it was roughly you know they can't sustain forever and so epcot is the idea would have wouldn't have worked, so it's it's best that it played out the way it did, because it kind of would have flopped at some point. And I mean, and, as yeah. as we saw, even in the Matrix, right? They tried Utopian as far as a Matrix goes, and it didn't it didn't yeah. work, right? It just can't happen, right? <laughs> Humans are flawed, right? And so it's just there's nothing we can do about that. So there you go. Anyway, just throwing that out there as a yeah, you know, Epcot just couldn't have worked. How'd we get to Epcot? <laughs> <laughs> because the Reedy Creek Improvement District was built so that they could build Epcot. You know, right, that right, was right. the original intention. That was and there was the original intention. You're right. I don't think but it would like have I worked said, for a number of reasons, but you know, like I said, doing the glass half full side of this though, it looks as though they're going to continue be able to continue to operate. Yeah, the debt's not going anywhere as far as right. that stuff goes. I feel like they're going to still get the good service that they've had out of say the local what fire department for that area and stuff like that. I don't think that's going to change because of this. At least not immediately, because well, never mind. I, I'm going to we'll get, see. I'm going to get on, I'm going to get on the thing about what happens when governments run things. But anyway, right? We'll see. I mean, <laughs> Disney obviously did a good job of managing this themselves. Like Disney property was run very smoothly. Everything was good. Yeah. You know, there was no, in my experience, on Disney property, it the infrastructure was great. So right. <laughs> So, 
going along with this, let's get into the really big stuff, I guess, the shareholders meeting. Oh boy. Yes. Or the, not not came really the that. shareholders meeting. It was the um Q one earnings call. Q one earnings call. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. Twenty twenty three Q one earning, which was basically the last three months of twenty twenty two. Yes. And leading into that, though, um, I don't know if we should read into this or not. Josh tomorrow joins the board of directors for Make a Wish. Does that does that bear any significance? Hmm. I don't know. I can't. Well, I haven't decided yet. It's. I think it's a good thing. Like he's he's you know that's a Florida based organization. Mm-hmm. He was seen and where was he seen recently? Iger was at Disney World recently too. So. Mm-hmm. They're they're frequently there, which is you know something Chapik never did. So it's nice to see the yeah. Top it's folks nice there. to see that they're there. I mean, did yeah. Chapik do it when he was head of Parks and Rec? Though I, th- I mean Parks and Parks Rec and, Rec. <laughs> <laughs> and Pawnee when he was there. That was his previous job before Disney. <laughs> I never saw the, much about Chapik going to the parks at all. Like only yeah. if there was something opening. That was the only time he was ever there. Yeah. I see. Well, I don't know if this will have changed by the time this episode is released, but Disney World and Cast Member Union has set a date to resume negotiations on pay raise. Isn't that like next week or this week as you're listening to this? Isn't it? I feel like I saw the date. And I, it's soon. I forgot. Yeah, when. it's soon. Let's just put it that way. So to, to so the answer to that, <laughs> yeah, is that the Iger announces seven thousand layoffs. Yeah. However, I mean, there's going to be a lot of companies laying off. Yep. This is kind of in line with what a lot of companies are doing right now. Yeah. I know that to some people, the reasoning for doing that doesn't necessarily make sense to them. Why would you lay people off when... Yeah, when you're having trouble hiring too. Like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. On top of all that, it's like, why would you do this? Like you're having trouble getting quality employees anyway. Why would you lay things off? It's because, honestly, every company is about a bottom line these days especially and doing anything to stay on top of that that's yeah. the best way i know to explain it to, it's more complicated than that but i mean that's the simple the short of it as it has to do with keeping the heads above water so to speak interestingly enough i know you know disney has paused dividends on their uh, stock investments they did that in 2020 in early in 2020 but I've seen stories that indicate that they are set to resume those at the end of the year, which is kind of interesting to me because the whole reason they gave for pausing them in the first place was that they were going to reinvest that money into the parks or into the product. I just find it hard to believe that whatever difference they made up there, they're already ready, willing to to go back with. But I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Um now, I did see something about the layoffs are not going to be the... Not like, as much frontline as you would member, think. Right, frontline cast yeah. member types. But, I mean, Disney, if I remember hearing this right, has about 230,000 employees or something like that uh, worldwide, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And so you, the cuts are probably going to come from all over. So I don't think we'll see a whole lot of difference at, say, Disney World, Disneyland. I'm sure there'll be some cuts for, you know, the parks and resorts and how they're run. But I don't think it's going to be so significant that we're going to see a huge decrease in service or whatever. Yeah, I had seen uh, some people, I'm not going to name any names on Twitter and social media, kind of be, I guess, dramatic and drastic thinking that the cuts were going to... Right. Saying that they couldn't afford to make these cuts or some crap like that. And like thinking, it's like, you don't realize how big the company really is. You have no idea what you're talking about when it comes to running an actual business. You just need to sit down. But so. what, Disney World has 70,000 employees or something like that? I forgot how many. Disney yeah. World is the biggest, I think, of all. Like, that's not a lot of people, right? When it, In comparison to who they employ is what we're getting at. I'm not trying to downplay anyone losing their job by any means. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying, in the pic, the big picture, when you look at the numbers, that's a that is a significantly yeah. that's a pretty small number right, right. in comparison to who all they employ. I mean, when you hear the number seven thousand, it's like, oh, it's a lot of people, right? You know, it's a small number in total, but it's still significant in the sense of you know, still seven thousand people. <laughs> so right, but it's not all yeah. going to come from one place. So there's there's people all over. 
that it's going to affect. So, I mean, it's the way, I mean, most businesses are doing that right now. They're preparing for, you know, a potential recession or things going downward at some point this year. So I get that. I kind of felt like it was coming because so many other companies are doing the same thing, tightening the belt a little bit. Well, it's a form of a reset in a way when things like this happen. But on the other hand, I mean, this is the thing that it's hard to, when you're talking about layoffs, yet they've made $8.7 billion in revenue. You know, it's like... Well, that was Parks did. Right, the park, right, the Parks, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But yet, I guess the other thing I was leading to was the, which I guess you're about to talk about is the, they're cutting the the Parks investments. What is it? Uh, well, okay, so let's just kind of cover the whole thing. The parks yeah. and the parks experience and products revenues for the quarter increased twenty one percent to the eight point seven billion that you said. Right. Income increased twenty five percent to three point one billion. That's big. Those are big numbers. Right. Higher operating results for the quarter reflected increases the usual stuff, right? Yep. It says operation income growth in our domestic parks and experiences was due to higher volumes and increased guest spending, partially offset by cost of inflation. Higher operations supports costs and increased costs for new guest offerings. Higher volumes were, attrib- were attributable to increases in passenger cruise days, attendance, and occupied room nights. Guest spending growth was due to an increase in average per capita ticket revenue driven by yeah. Genie Plus and Lightning Lane, which were introduced in the prior year quarter. Mm-hmm. So they Can do acknowledge that. I mean, that's all JPEG, yes. I mean, it's not going away. Right. I don't care who you bring in. I don't pre- care what right. summoning <laughs> hero you think you're going to bring in. That's not going away. Right. We're so. rolling back big things like that are not, they're not going to do that. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So as we just mentioned, the Disney World and Disneyland tennis, we can continue to grow. However, Disney is to reduce capital expenditure investments in theme parks by $700 million in 2023 that's a lot christine mccarthy provided the update you know previously disney said they would spend 6.7 billion on capital expenditure projects um i think probably environment uh, economic environment probably has uh, made them alter those plans somewhat this is basically her her comments it says we also continue to invest in our parks and experiences globally and in other capital projects across the enterprise, and expect that fiscal 2023 capital expenditures will total approximately $6 billion. Mm-hmm. This is lower than our prior guide of $6.7 billion. So not a huge, I guess, decrease at this, <laughs> right. the $700 million, as we said. I mean, when, when you you're talking about number, $6 billion still going into the parks, I mean, I don't know what all this means in terms of, is that just operating costs, you know, all the maintenance things and whatever. I mean, How it's, much it's of that probably is new stuff. I don't know. It's but. gonna, it's another trimming the fat type deal. I'm sure. Yeah. So. I mean, they're still investing. It's just they're not investing like. Right. I mean, when you read the story and it says they're all oh, they're cutting it by seven hundred million, well, they were gonna do six billion, six point seven billion. Now we're just doing six billion. Right. I mean. I mean, know. that's still. I mean, seven hundred million is significant in the sense of. But it. But for what they were gonna do, it's still just trimming fat. Right. But I wonder out of that 700 million, say like the projects that are still undergoing, like the Epcot and Tiana's Bayou Adventure, for example, are they going to start cutting budgets for some of the things for that? And we're going to have scaled back version of what it was supposed to be. And now they're going to do some trimming on it and the usual stuff where it's like, oh, we're getting all this stuff. And then it's like, oh, they start pulling things out. Hopefully not, but... Right. So, another of the things on the call that he was asked about, basically, Iger said, well, I mean, I guess he was asked about the demand at the theme parks, okay, and if attendance... Yeah, this comment was interesting to me. He says, I'm very, very bullish on the theme parks. Yeah, bullish. He uses an investor's term. Right. On the theme parks, and not just because of the COVID recovery, Iger said that demand on the theme parks is extraordinary right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, when thinking about how Disney can profit from that demand, Iger said that they could increase park capacity or even increase prices, but that we don't think either would be smart. Correct. Instead, which he's right. Not good long-term strategy. 
right. thankfully. Uh, Somebody who's got a brain. <laughs> talked about expanding the theme parks, which would expand capacity without exactly. reducing the guest experience or crowding. Yes, that's what needs to happen. He noted that expansions like Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and Pandora, uh, the world of Avatar, are great ways to grow the theme park's business. I love how he's talking about stuff that happened while he was there, not anything. Yeah, I know. But I, <laughs> I, I, when, I, when we look back now, though, as we've mentioned before, just how successful were these expansions? <laughs> well, they cut a lot out of them. I mean, they trim back the budgets on those, too. Galaxy's Edge is like... But I, as my comment's been made earlier about Hollywood Studios and how crowded it is, and yeah. he's saying that these expansions are to help with that, yeah. I don't think that's what's happened at Hollywood Studios. Well, so, I mean, just saying, it definitely increased attendance at all the parks, but not by the enough, not by the amount of the what it was they were putting there was going to attract attendance. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, Animal Kingdom certainly increased attendance after Avatar opened, or Pandora, and Hollywood Studios increased attendance after Galaxy's Edge. I think that's more what he's talking about. It doesn't make the experience better, but more people are going to show up. Well, see, that's exactly what he said, though, there. He said, expand capacity without reducing the guest experience from overcrowding. None of those right. things. No, that did not happen. Overcrowding. <laughs> yeah, that did not happen. This is what I'm it saying. None of those crowded, things yeah. accomplish that. Especially if you think about the amount of space you can actually walk in Pandora. Right. I mean. But in theory, Tron is going to increase Magic Kingdom's capacity by a decent amount because there's a lot more room in there. You're talking to about walk ride around. capacity? Well, that and, you know, just foot traffic. Like, there's going to be a lot of people going back there. And it's a pretty decent size area for people to go back to. And now you have the path connecting Tomorrowland to Storybook Circus again. So you've got a little bit more room in the park. In my mind, though, it just concentrates people to the new thing. If you right. make an e-ticket every single time. Right. Maybe think about making a non-e-ticket attraction in those these places every once in a while. That way you attract wow. just enough just enough people to that area that it actually does spread things out. I well, mean, I, I, don't I would argue that Ratatouille is that way at Epcot. It's, it increased Epcot's capacity because you've, you've got a decent size the, you know, capacity. You increase, you increase the park that already had the biggest space you can move exactly. in. Right. But it did increase <laughs> Epcot's capacity. You've got this new area and a new ride that holds a decent amount of people and a lot of people in line. You've got a new crepery place, which isn't that big, but it holds a little bit of people. And so, you know, that definitely expanded. I think that's more maybe what you're talking about is mm -hmm. something that's <laughs> it's, it's going to expand capacity without like overcrowding because it's a new ride that everybody wants to do. Right, right. I don't know. I mean, like, even when I think about something like, say, Rise of the Resistance, it's a great experience. The amount of time it takes to do it versus how they spaced everything out still wasn't enough to reduce the wait time very much. I think the wait time is right even now. I mean, yes, it's still popular, but the wait time more has now has more to do with efficiency. Right. So do you think the bullish comment means that even though they're cutting... 700 million from the budget or whatever from the investments that he's that he wants to be more aggressive with the theme parks like he wants I guess. to like I think it's probably going to focus more on I don't know expanding I don't know I mean they don't have a ton those comments kind of contradict themselves is what I'm saying like yeah, yeah I they don't have a, they don't have a ton on the drawing board that's that's known about, we'll put it that way. This more than blue sky, as we said. Right. right. There's nothing set in stone that's like this is coming other than Tiana's Bio Adventure. Right. Which, you know, will be the headliner of twenty twenty four. But beyond that, what do they have that they could open in twenty twenty five? If they started on something today, could they even have anything ready by twenty twenty five? It's a maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's a maybe at best. Doesn't sound like much is possible to, unless sound, they get going on it quick. It sounds like something like dinosaur is like doomed to be mediocre from until it's changed. Right. <laughs> it's just saying. Have you? I watched a ride video of recently of it. I don't. Did I mention this already? I don't feel like I did. Maybe I just intended to. I, I watched a ride, an on ride of dinosaur recently. Right? It was taken recently, yeah. and like nothing worked. <laughs> 
when they were going through there. Literally nothing worked. Did the I mean, dinosaurs eat the tourists? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. But I mean, like at the beginning, what I was looking at, like, you know, that dinosaur at the very beginning that's like eating that other little dinosaur yeah, or whatever. Right. Yeah, he was just like frozen in a position that was like like straight. He wasn't even sitting wow. in his normal position. He was looking up in the air and the dinosaur was hanging out of his mouth or whatever. He wasn't even moving. Wow. When they first went out there. I don't think that I don't think the running version of the Carnosaurus has worked in years. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? That scene yeah. where he runs beside you pretty, pretty yeah. much. It's like I don't think that I don't think that scene's worked in years. Nope. I haven't the seen one it in a at, long the time. one near the end where he's supposed to be so fierce and everything, his motions are just like He's Not like very... he's he's like he's a grandma dinosaur now or something. <laughs> like he barely moves. Yeah, he like barely. Well, he does move some, but I think it's because he's. I think age and some other things. You know, the animatronics themselves sometimes don't tend to be as fluid as they once were, right? right. And dinosaurs suffering from that right now, yeah. similar to what Splash was. I mean, dinosaurs. What? Yeah, it's not thirty years, but it's. 20, it's over 20. Five almost. It's over yeah. 20. Getting close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, Indiana Jones is at Disneyland. People were complaining so much about that until they finally took it down for hopefully a extensive refurb. I mean, maybe people just need to complain enough, but I, I, <laughs> I don't know if it's a big enough attraction for Disney to take notice of and be like, yeah, hey, let's fix this. I mean, maybe the WWNT needs to, because they got... <laughs> They complained about the small world boats, and immediately they they fixed those. And then they complained about Space Mountain being dirty, which it was filthy. Mm-hmm. And now they're painting and re you know pressure washing Space Mountain. So like they need to get on some of these other issues, and maybe Disney will take note. Otherwise, they probably won't. Like not going to care. Mm, possibly maintenance yeah. is a problem right now. And we will be right back. Calling all parents. Meet the Family Cash Card, Greenlight's newest credit card for parents. You can earn up to 3% cash back on every dollar spent. No limits, no categories, no hassle. No kidding. You can choose to auto-invest your cash back to pay for your kid's college. Apply it to your balance or send your cash back straight to your wallet. It's basically cash back your way every day. Get started today at greenlight.com. And now back to the show. Well, speaking of movies, though, is that what you were going to mention is the the sequels that Bob Iger announced? Yeah. So that was something I wasn't expecting to hear, that we're getting a Zootopia 2, a Frozen 3, <laughs> and a Toy Story 5. Not that shocking when you look at it, though, overall. But but I, it makes sense. Like, I think Bob's like, hey, let's what's worked in the past and what's our best franchises? Let's throw sequels out. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I was going to say, let, let's let see. Let's see what is it we can do that we know Until is going to make money, whether it's good or not. Right. Let's do sequels. I mean, I think, I mean, I mean, in a way that's smart in the short term to, like, let's, let's throw maybe. stuff at them to, you know. Here's the problem. When you do stuff like that, you basically are insulting your audience that you're dumb, that you're going to spend money on anything that we know that we rehash. Because you risk, you actually risk people thinking this. Or, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Because I can't think of any one of these that I'm going to go to a theater and pay money to see. I'm still just going to wait until it's available to stream or whatever. I mean, I, I would consider watching all three of these. Based on the recent Toy Story sequels, are you really that eager for a five? Not really. I mean, Toy See? Story 4 was not great. I, I wasn't a big fan of that one. And my argument with Frozen, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm being the, the devil's advocate here on the list. My argument with Frozen is, where do you go with the story? That's a great question. I have no idea. I loved Frozen 2, <laughs> though. I thought it was great. And Zootopia deserved, I thought it deserved a good sequel. I thought it was great. So, Zootopia, I can see because it doesn't have a two yet. So they could, yeah. they have potential to further that story. That one's okay, right? I felt like that one was like it needed a sequel. Gosh, how long ago did that come out? I mean, I guess I'm just in the in the camp now of there's way too many sequels out there. They only do it because they know it's a cash cow, 
it has nothing to do with creativity. The movie side needs to yeah get better. Like, well, make more money. It's not that they're not. Well, with sequels, even if they're bad, they're going to make money initially because people are going to pay to see it initially, even if it's not good. Right. It's going to make some kind of money. Like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull did. (laughs) We'll see if... (laughs) The amount of money it made in the theater is not an indicator of the quality of movie that it is. No. There's Um, a lot of movies like that these days. I've been seeing... uh, I guess I just saw a headline that suggested that how expensive Indiana Jones is going to be when it's all said and done. Because of the reshoots they keep I don't know if it's just that, but I mean, it's supposed to be a pretty expensive movie in general. Uh, I hope it pays off. I really do. I'm I'm optimistic. I I hope it pays off. I don't know. See, that's an example of one, though. See, that's different. To me, I don't know. I can't explain it. Something like Indiana Jones is different. I don't just feel like you're giving me a movie just for the sake of a sequel. I feel like whenever these were started, they were intended to be a series of movies. Does that make sense? Like Harry Potter, for instance, it's obviously a series of novels, so it's intended to be a series of movies. Yeah. So it's not just like, hey, we can do another Toy Story. Or (laughs) I don't know if it came about that way, but it feels that way. You know, in thinking about it, I wish they had made another Indiana Jones in the 90s, but it was, when you think about the timeline... Once they finished Last Crusade, I think they did like a Indiana Jones, what was it, the Chronicles of Young Indiana Jones or whatever it was. And then George Lucas focused his attention back on Star Wars, yeah. you know, the 20th anniversary, and then getting back to the prequels, starting on those. And then, you know, that was the next 10 years <laughs> until <laughs> those came out. And then Crystal Skull came out three years later. So it's like, I just wish they could have squeezed another indie movie in there in the, right before the prequels, maybe. I feel, I feel like it would have been better. You know, it's it's almost like early on, Lucas set the standard industry for a trilogy to be the... Like, everybody seemed like yeah. they followed after that when they built something. And it was like three films as the what you did. Well, they were so successful. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, if you can get the first one off the ground, then you can get the other two easily after that. But then they got into the habit of doing like with the Matrix, like we had a successful first film. We're gonna film the other two simultaneously. Yeah, the and then Pirates, Pirates started. And that didn't work out as yeah. well either in either of those cases. Not as well. I still enjoyed those films, and you know a lot of people didn't. But yeah, what was it? Dead Man's Chest was pretty good, but then at World's End, I thought it just sort of was not as good. Right? Weird. Whole... It just got off the deep end. Where it went, where it kind of derailed for me was just the fact that Jack died in the second one. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then he comes back because I'm like, and yeah, he I just, ends up in I don't know. I didn't limbo it, world it, or whatever. Right. Yeah. It just became a little too odd. Yeah. It, it was weird. So and then you yeah. bring Barbosa back and then it becomes like Star Wars where nobody ever dies. Like you can bring anybody <laughs> back and someone's cut in half. Like, no, they still live, you know, they still live. Right. Yeah. Just torso boy. Like, yeah, like, uh, Darth Maul. No one's ever, tr- no one's ever really gone. Right, you can no always bring somebody back. Yeah. <laughs> and then how looks at it? We're never really gone. That's what We're he always meant. Here. Right, basically. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Where was I going next? I don't I remember don't now. We were I way off we... topic. <laughs> no, but talking about no, it, I was the talking movies. about the films was part of it. You know, that was that right. was part of it. Because I don't think the movies. I forgot now. The movies didn't make as much. Like the theme parks, I think had the biggest profit margin. I don't think movies and there was something else that came out of this. I know we're all over the place, but uh, the fact that he was re didn't Bob Iger say they're restructuring to say yes. you know like theme parks experience and products is one. Uh, what was the other one? M- movies or entertainment? I think is one, and then ESPN. <laughs> Which makes me like, are they... All by itself. There's nothing suspicious about that at all. Right. <laughs> like, we're putting this out to pasture so we can sell it off to somebody? Like, what is what is the end game there? That's pretty much what it is. They're separating ESPN to eventually... Like, dissolve it, it or something. Sell it, dissolve No, they're not going to dissolve it's not an option because ESPN is still a... It's still... Powerful name. It's still a very viable means of... Yeah, it's needed, right? It's one of those things. It's still a viable means of entertainment to someone. It's just not... I think it's time with Disney has has finished. And I agree. I think somebody needs to take ESPN who can focus solely on it because Disney's too big 
to put enough effort into it. By like it was when it first it started, right? Right. Yeah. Hopefully they don't sell off ABC because I think I think if they keep that, but I saw a suggestion. Someone said, and again, this was on Twitter. Someone who lately has seems to think that they know more than they actually do says that Disney's behaving like a company that's potentially looking to sell. I don't. Th- I mean, if it happens, it does, but I don't see that happening. I don't really yeah. see that as what these moves are. I think. I think they're. I yeah, think I this particular that. individual is a little excitable about trying to be right all the time now. Um, about stuff like making bold like jumps and then actually turning out right. Yeah, I they, think he got addicted to it. If if anyone were to buy them, I think uh, I think the rumor's been for years. Apple would probably be the only one that would do it. I don't know why they would need to, but does I Apple mean, really need to buy Disney? I mean, no. It's just like when people floated the ideas of all the people who would potentially buy WWE that I've been seeing, right? Because when Vince came back and they say, oh, the reason, the only reason he's come back is to sell. And then, of course, the Saudis became a thing. And, uh, you know, anyway, Disney was always brought up as a potential buyer for this. I'm like, this makes no sense. It it doesn't hold value to them. Right. And they don't need to be acquiring anything right now. (laughs) Universal, it might make sense. They already have a somewhat of a connection. Yeah, it would fit better there under the umbrella, I think. Right, if somebody like that, if a theme park industry was going to do it. but Yeah, anyway, but clearly ESPN is being separated for a reason. I I think they're kind of, you know. I got to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if at some point down the line, depending on how this whole streaming thing works out as far as how Disney's strategy with streaming goes, um, it wouldn't surprise me if eventually, and I know that's, been with them for a while if abc wouldn't be a part of being cut from it too maybe becoming its own entity again or something i don't know how that would work somebody would have to buy it though it it would have to be someone who wants to grow nbc itself i guess yeah but yeah i i I don't know that their connection with abc it doesn't seem to be as strong as it once was as far as like the stuff they put out that is disney related does that make sense i think they're only real strength right now is they have things like Hulu that it can be on. Uh, I mean, but that's every channel or most, most networks are on it. So what's the, I mean, what do we think long-term that the odds are that Disney's going to bother keeping controlling interest in Hulu? Maybe they might not feel that being necessary right now. I think it's see the ESPN thing though. It's part of their package like ESPN Plus. So if they separate it all together and sell it off, how is it how long how much longer is it going to be part of the package, I guess? Sure. Or how long is the package going to be in play? And then they, you right. know, they can make Good a change question. at any t- point in time they want. Yeah. So they're clearly making moves there though for obviously something's going to happen with ESPN. <laughs> yeah. Something I saw and it was an article recently and I'm I don't have all the details in front of me or in my mind, obviously, but it had to do with streaming services in general. Yeah. How, you know, for a, for a time period here, they've, it's been all about getting subscriptions up. Yeah. Now it's going to start being about making them more profitable and therefore they're going to raise the prices on these subscriptions. Right. I question mm-hmm. if that's the best strategy anyway, with as many of them as there are, because what's going to happen is once the prices go up, people are going to be cutting out some of them. Right, start unsubscribing. <laughs> right, I mean that's what they're gonna do. Because so you can I don't always know. unsubscribe and then resubscribe when your favorite show comes back or whatever, and then just cancel again. I mean, that's what people do. Like, I I've seen a lot of people posting that you know they're gonna they've canceled and then when Mandalorian starts back in March, they're gonna resubscribe and watch it, right? And then unsubscribe that's again. All. It's like so well, people the, just do that with all the. There's too many streaming services now, too. Yeah. Pretty soon it's going to all be come back around and it's going to be cable again. <laughs> right. I mean, what goes around comes around. Yeah. Eventually it's going to be it. Just could be a streaming version of cable. <laughs> because they're going <laughs> well, to have to There are, are, are some of those. Yeah. They're going to have to have ad-supported things because you can't, you can't get around that issue with just subscribers. Not and make money. Yeah. You're gonna, to make it profitable, you're going to have to have ads somehow. Although this is part of it, YouTube somehow does a good job of doing both. You know, they have like the basic, like the one that most people watch has ads, right? Yes, lots. But then you have then you have the <laughs> this is why I pay for premium. You have the group that gets tired of seeing ads, so they just pay because the amount's not that high. 
But if you get enough of those subscribers plus the other ads, it totally makes it profitable and worth it, truthfully. So people should really consider their business model when it comes to subscriptions. And honestly, I wouldn't care if you threw commercials in The Mandalorian. Like, if you could opt out of it, you know, and pay more, that's fine. I think another... Yeah, I think another potential issue that Disney's going to be running into is having content on there that people actually want to watch. Because I got to be honest, I feel like even though they have tons of content, I don't feel like they have some, anything really on there that's just like grabbing an audience like Netflix does. Does that make sense? Like Netflix has their own shows that keep people coming back to Netflix yeah, for. Right. I don't think Disney really has that other than, you know, we just mentioned The Mandalorian, right? right? That's about it. What yeah. else do they have that people are that like I, I don't want to use the word addicted but i guess that's kind of the way it is if they're so addicted to this they're going to come back for it i don't see anything right now not a lot I mean, I mean there's probably some other shows that we don't watch that some people are interested in but not a lot a lot of their new shows on there really have not panned out as far as gaining been, popularity yeah not as successful yeah they need to have something that's going to grab folks so i don't know what that is they need to to do but they need, they need more stuff that's going to grab folks on the streaming service. Just like you were talking about people only coming for The Mandalorian. And then they'll cancel when <laughs> when it's over and right. come back later, yeah. What are you going to do? And they probably lost some subscribers because of like the ones that were basically getting it for free. I think some of those things are dropping off, right? Those yeah. free trials Once through things like yeah. Verizon and whoever. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. anyway. And- so have we talked long enough yet? Have we rambled long enough? I think so. I don't want to say rambled. We're exciting. No? We like to talk. There was one other story I was going to mention. It's oh, a very small story. The walkway between Grand Florida and Magic Kingdom is going to close. This, well, That's as funny. you're hearing this, it's already closed February 13th. And it says it won't be open again until, quote, late spring. So Okay. I wonder what they're doing. It says because of continuing refurbishment to guest rooms at Grand Floridian and the buildings surrounding it, that the pathway is going to be temporarily closed. So I know they were working on... I forgot the name of that building that's closest to the walkway. I think they were working on that one and starting to expand. I don't know. I I kind of wondered what did it have something to do with the monorail over there? Because remember the track that they were talking about how slow the monorails had to go. Like, were they are they going to be doing some kind of work on the monorail track? But that's well, maybe they could while this is going on. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, because it's like, do you really have to close the walkway? Because the walkway between Grand Florida and Polynesian is still open, even though you basically have to cross the walk road through. and walk around this construction area and all this craziness you have to walk Uh, through the construction right and it's not safety (laughs) you have to play like nine holes of golf on your way to the grand floridian as you're going over there that's still open even though this tower is like being built right right around it so why does this one have to be closed it's kind of suspicious it's sus disney it's sus really what it is is they didn't want you going over there and seeing what they're doing to the water show Oh, right, because they're they're doing some maintenance on it too, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I thought I heard they were doing some maintenance. They didn't want, on you, they didn't want you to see all the changes they were making. <laughs> oh Lord, don't tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> Are they r- removing that 50th anniversary float that they built or the lights that they built? I was gonna say, if that's the case, that shouldn't take very long. Yeah, there was one. Well, it was several. It was spanned across several boats. What anyway. day is the 50th supposed to be officially over? March 31st. Okay, so not long. Yeah, because April 1st is when things, you know, well, not April 1st, but the first week of April is when Happy Ever After comes back, Harmonious ends, and Tron opens, so, yeah. Because, you know, Tron, you know, it was supposed to be a part of the 50th, so we were like, you know what, we're going to open it, like, right after the 50th is done now. It was originally going to open August 2021, Right before the 50th. But they clearly delayed this out to this year. They did that with a lot of their attractions. Right. right. Because they don't have anything else to promote for this year. Nothing. Post-shutdown, I should say. They could have opened Tron if they wanted to anytime in 2022. But they had Guardians. They had, 
you know, Ratatouille right before that and all that. So they pushed it to this year because they got nothing else. Yeah. How many months do you think Ratatouille was ready before it actually opened? <laughs> I mean, it had to have been... Like a year? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it, probably. It could have been close to a year. It had to have been several months that it was actually good to go before they decided to open it. I mean, it was almost ready when COVID hit, wasn't it? I think it was, so. It was almost done then, right? Or close. Well, like I said, we remember we commented that Runaway got to run for two weeks before it shut down. Something like yep. that. And it's still having issues, isn't it? Oh, speaking of, I know we're rambling again, but you know, we talked about how Runaway Railway is like a better version at Disneyland than the one in Florida. Seems They've improved be. some little things. Improved. The queue Those, is definitely uh, better. <laughs> is it? It's at Hong Kong, right? The Frozen Land and Frozen Ever After is. Oh yes, yes, yes. Part of it. Right. The new animatronics for they're not these weird rear projection animatronics that the one at uh, Epcot has, and the Elsa. They showed the Elsa. Oh my god! The difference in the face. Yeah, I'm like that is a million times better. Why did they do those weird projection faces for the? It's cheaper, I imagine. But I think it was probably technology at the time. Truthfully, I mean, think about when that opened versus when this one's open. It's like almost like what seven years difference. They don't look great though, especially the the ones at the end, the else on and else at the end. No, but what I'm saying is there's probably more more technology than expenditure. Because like I said, yeah. that Frozen was one of the first ones they did that on. And yeah, it was Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, I think, they kind of did that for the tours, but in the mine. Right. Did Mine Train but, start before Frozen? I guess it did. Yeah, 2014. That's right, that's right, that's right. But they clearly decided to go with the full animatronic version, and it's so much better. <laughs> so that version of Frozen Air is going to be better. Well, it's also a different group that funds it, right? Probably. Although, yeah, I don't know how Hong Kong does their... I'm not exactly sure, but... I mean, because it's pretty obvious that they spent megabucks in Shanghai on the stuff that they did there. Clearly. And Tokyo is just, you know, they're always a next level, but... Well, it's... Tokyo, the city itself, is like the most efficient city in the entire world. Probably. Yep. <laughs> pretty much. Yep, I'd say. Yeah. That whole frozen land looks pretty cool too. I wonder. I mean, again, that's that makes me wonder, once this opens in Hong Kong, is this gonna are they gonna build a frozen land at Animal Kingdom or something? <laughs> because if it's successful out there, you know possible. You know, when I was talking about dinosaur earlier, there's gonna probably be a retheme of it on the horizon just because of the issues they're having with it. And the age, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's I mean, probably going to involve some of the blue sky stuff that they talked about. Yeah. Like, are they going to theme it to Zootopia? Like, we, I think we've right. talked about that before. That's why they're not going to refurb it. Yeah. <laughs> they're just going to let it die out if, and if dinosaur, it. I would say dinosaur could stay if it could be any semblance of its original glory, maybe. But that's not going to happen. They're not going to bother spending money for that. They're going to spend money nope. for new. It's not original so, IP. It's not Disney IP. It's well, so <laughs> that's why they're not going to do anything to it. it. They're going to convert it to, like you said, Zootopia or whatever. I still wish that they, and I would love to see them come up with like a storyline that's not IP because that's used to be one of the things they were so great at. You could totally make that a Zootopia ride though, and have you just riding in the car, like solving a mystery or chasing after stuff. Totally. But I mean, I really want to. I really want to see them come up with a, say, something along, something in the vein of a haunted mansion or a pirates, right? Something in that vein. This is not the era we're in. I know, but still, wouldn't that be great if they did? Sure. I guarantee you, it would be just as busy and awesome if they did it well. Of course, but I I don't think I think they look at it as it's too risky to open something that people aren't already familiar with. Yeah, I don't think so at all, because I don't, I don't think that, I mean, the main reason people were attracted to Avatar wasn't the actual, wasn't the IP. I guarantee you it wasn't. Wasn't the reason I liked the ride. It had nothing to do with yeah. it. I, I me, no. fell asleep during the original movie. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm not a fan of the movies, to be honest. And See? Uh, you still like the ride, They're though, okay. don't you? Fighter Passage, yeah, it's great. See? Great experience. I would 
I would go out on a limb and say the ride is well, on a limb on a limb and that's what I sound like I said on a limb and say that the ride is better than the movies. Yeah, I would say that too. But <laughs> there you go. So if you enjoyed this, or even if you didn't, there's probably some other better episodes out there. If you didn't, <laughs> you can find us uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That is all at TWTM Podcasts. We have a Spreadshirt store, which you can buy your exclusive TWTM merchandise at shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM Podcast. There's a YouTube channel in which I have recently uploaded a couple of Splash videos that are older that you might want to go and check out and enjoy. Splash in its heyday, so to speak. And then I have some more I'm probably going to add a Splash just because of the fact that it's closed. And, you know, I have a good bit of footage of it. So where else can you find us at? On our website, travelingwiththemouse.com. We also have an email address, podcast at travelingwithamouse.com. And if you want assistance in your next Disney World Universal Cruise Line, you can visit our travel agent friend. Her information is also on our website, travelingwithamouse.com. So over Adam, my name is John. This has been Traveling with the Mouse, and we hope you will join us on our next trip. This has been Rambling with the Mouse. <laughs> Maybe we should rename... Actually, that's kind of what we do, rambling with the mouse. Rambling about the mouse. Rambling about the mouse. That's going to be the new, new name of the podcast.